Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Our number two of a numbers game at VSEN, the Sports Betting Network, VSEN.com, the VSEN app, Fubo, Slink, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. Last day of the, uh, oh, my darling quarantine over here for me uh, at the crib here in the uh, middle of the Las Vegas Strip. Find me if you can. Uh, Jeff Parlay back at the mothership. They're letting me back in tomorrow, baby. Uh, by the way, we get tweets at Benji Fever. Benji Fever uh, has been kind enough to send in some of uh, the offshore halftime uh, halftime props. Color of Snoop Dogg shoes. Snoop Dogg to smoke on stage. Yeah. No is minus 130 on that. Yes is even. Um, will a football be used as a prop? Let's see what else we got here. Oh, will any part of Eminem's performance be censored? The yes is minus 180. <laughs> really? He's, he doesn't care about Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake, does he? Uh, will Eminem wear a hoodie? Will Kendrick Lamar wear a hoodie? Uh, Benji was kind enough to send me those, but I didn't see one for first song or last song. Um, I would totally agree with your sentiment, though, Benji, that California love, California love, which, of course, uh, maybe Dre and Tupac's biggest collaboration, at least commercially, that's got to be the favorite for either first or last. Not sure if they'll play it first or last, but it's one or the other for sure. I'm curious if there's a prop on that. Here's a man with thoughts on all things from under a cloud of smoke in Southern California, the host of the Wide World of Weingarten podcast daily these days. It's Jason Weingarten. How you doing, Jason? I get an Eminem concert at the Super Bowl, too. Yes, you do. Apparently. Wow. As as a well known lover of West Coast gangster rap, this is uh <laughs> this is going to be such a Sunday. You're not you're not joking. You're serious. You are a lover of, of West Coast rap, yes? Sure, why not? Sure, why not? What, what's it's, what's not to love? It's not just Eminem though. It's it's uh Dre, it's Mary J. Blige. Who else is in that? Uh Missy, I believe, is in there as well. Is Missy I'm in sure there or am I making be that up? Special guest appearances. Yeah. Kendrick Lamar, of course, that we just mentioned is in there as well. Uh, Jason, let me ask you a baseball question. Cause this came down yesterday. And again, you know, we look up and it's, it's almost mid February and baseball, as we know, starts late March, early April. It's supposed Supposedly. to start soon, but this year it doesn't look like it's happening. Like there's no indication at this point that it's going to start on time. 
But there was some baseball news yesterday with no criminal charges. It was announced that no criminal charges after five months of this are going to be levied against Trevor Bauer. Baseball, the MLB has not ruled out pursuing this yet, which I guess is my question to you. Why would baseball at this point, if there's not going to be any criminal charges, why would baseball, even as I'm asking, I'm like, of course, because it's baseball. They're morons, right? But like, what's going to happen here? Is Trevor Bauer in the clear to start opening day for the Dodgers whenever opening day happens, if they decide to go with him? I don't think he would be the opening day starter just because the public perception of that would just be very poor, but contracts are contracts. And when you recognize that the Dodgers have Bauer under contract at 25 million or $30 million for this upcoming season, and they can't really get out of it legally, they're stuck with them. So I would not be surprised to see him back on the Dodgers opening day roster. They do need pitching. He does happen to be still an elite pitcher. So I don't know. Like, I I think, you know, you could make all sorts of arguments that he's kind of a jerk and not a, not a great guy. And he's not my favorite player either. Like the whole thing when he was, you know, pitching with one eye open in spring training last year, like, I think he just goes out of his way to alienate his teammates and make people not like <laughs> him. But he really does. The the whole thing where he he has not been charged criminally, I'm I'm not surprised about that because the district attorney's office took almost six months to come back with the decision, and the longer it went, the more likely it was that they weren't going to charge him. Nobody nobody wants to take a case where they're going to lose, you know, and look bad. So. I expect him back in the Dodgers uh, Dodgers rotation. I, I do expect a lot of people will be upset about it, but contracts are contracts. You can't can't pay the guy to sit around and do nothing, basically. If you start to see baseball bets, and this is right around the time of year where they're supposed to show up, right? Season win totals and that kind of thing. Are you just going to, first of all, I don't know if we will or not, given the lockout. But if you do, are you going to hesitate? Are you going to take the policy of, you know, I'm just not touching these. I'm not, I'm not going to have my money tied up for, for who knows how long, right. Um, for a season that we don't know how long it's going to be, or do you not expect to see anything period until we get anything? But I guess what I'm asking is if there, if you do get that temptation, will you resist it? No, I mean, the odds will start coming out when they start coming out right around now after the Super Bowl. The thing to uh, thing to keep in mind is a lot of short favorites. Like remember in uh, the COVID season 2020, a lot of short favorites weren't necessarily good bets in a shortened season. So if right. you are going to bet early, I'd probably take longer shots and hope for a shorter season and more variance. Absolutely. I think that's the best advice you can give. Baseball just cannot get out of its own way. It's unbelievable. Again, the best tweet during that Bills Chiefs masterpiece in the divisional round was from former major leaguer Dan Heron, who said, oh, baseball update, we're still in a lockout, which is just uh, the yep. juxtaposition of those two sports. It's just unbelievable. Uh, golf, waste management, Phoenix Open this week, full field, the most raucous golf event there is. We're going to talk to Brady Cannon about it momentarily. Uh, you can actually emote if you're in the stands and the go- and the golfers themselves understand that it's not really the event to get mad at, at the fans. Uh, what are your bets here? What have you placed already? We well, you know I, uh, I was getting ready to bet this last night 
and uh, limits limits go up on Tuesday nights at uh, Bookmaker Chris. And somebody, somebody, I don't know who, although I, I suspect I know who, nuke John Rom right when <laughs> limits went up from seven to one to under five to one. So yeah. You know, knowing knowing what I know and assuming that I I know who nuked John Rom, I said, "Oh well, he likes John Rom. Well, then I like John Rom at seven to one too. If, if he's gonna nuke it, so I just bet Rom Rom to win. Rom top five. Rom top ten. I added a Matsuyama top ten and a Victor Hovland top ten, and that's about all I got so far. It's uh, I think this is this is an event where I'm looking more at guys at the top of the card as opposed to a basket of guys at a hundred to one at the bottom. Yeah. Which is not necessarily normal for you, right? That's not no, necessarily. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I always like to bet John Rom, but any, any time you're getting, you know, Rom in a full field under 10 to one, it's not necessarily a good bet, but you know, do you have, also do you have master? Yeah, I'm sorry, Jason, do you have master's bets yet? Or you just wait till master's week to do that? The only bet I picked off on mattress futures was Victor Hovland. When I saw him, performing so well in uh in the middle east at the end of the last last year i think he had two wins in a couple weeks um but that's that's the only masters future i would i just you know there's there's only so many futures you can you can have at one time and football goes into baseball it's like masters futures never really get a a chunk of my attention all right uh super bowl 56 we had a chance to chat with you at length yesterday about this, uh, what you were thinking about betting, what you were looking to bet. First of all, did you find anything that you were sort of openly soliciting uh, yesterday on the show, talking about how, how bookmakers had turned you down for some stuff? Did some stuff appear? And did you add anything to your bets? A couple things appeared, but not not because I asked for them, mostly because some offshores put them up. And, and none of the odds were really compelling enough to... Uh, to jump into that, the, the markets that I requested, but that didn't stop me from making like 15 bets yesterday. Still, I, I went through all my books and all my props. I was you... like, Oh, that's a good number. I want that. I want some of that. And care to care so to I'm, share I'm... some of those with us, Jason. What'd yeah, you bet? of course. Uh, you know, I, I bet that neither team score three, three unanswered. No, that's one of my favorite bets. I bet that at plus plus one ninety five at DraftKings. Uh, oh. one of my favorite bets was also at DraftKings. Any player over 400 passing yards plus 850 at DraftKings. Same bet at Circa is plus 425. So wow. it's kind of one of those not rocket yeah. science things. If you can get double the price that Circa has, got to take, take it. it. If, yep. if you're wondering how many quarterbacks in the Super Bowl have thrown over 400 yards, two. Tom Brady twice and Kurt Warner is the only one who uh, have hit over 400 yards. I actually looked it up. I was surprised. I thought it would be higher. I bet the uh, total pass attempts over two and a half plus 160 at Westgate. I bet Johnny Hecker to attempt a pass six to one at Westgate. I bet nice. Eric Weddle M- MVP 300 to one at DraftKings. <laughs> I love that bet. He's going to have the green dot helmet in the, in the Super Bowl. He's calling the defensive plays. He was on the field for a hundred percent of the snaps in the NFC championship game. You know, he's priced 300 to one. That's the same price as the Rams fourth receiver or a Bengals defensive tackle, you're getting the uh, starting safety. Who's on the field. hundred percent of the plays. I think that's crazy. Uh, ben Skoranek to catch at least one pass plus plus one twenty at circa. I like that. 
I like Ben Skronik to score the game's first touchdown, 80 to one at Westgate, 80 to one, wow. big number. And then wow. these, these are some, some small bets I took, but they're, uh, they're like, uh, you know, a little, I call them insurance bets, but I bet Stafford and Burrow to have zero, one, two, three, and four completions all at 500 to one. So if either one of these guys gets their head smashed in or their legs, you know, broken early, I'm going to win 500 to one. And all my bets are still going to be uh, live. I bet Samaje Pirine anytime touchdown plus 650. Samaje Pirine to score two or more touchdowns, 885 to one. Um, Mitchell Wilcox anytime touchdown, 30 to one in the event that CJ Uzama is not playing tight end for the Bengals. All right. And Wilcox, <laughs> first tight end for the Bengals, 50 to one. Finally, you... last one. Uh, yes, any non quarterback to throw a touchdown pass, 14 to one at DraftKings. May you hit at least one of them. Brady Cannon next on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. about betting the Super Bowl, wondering about how to hedge, or maybe you're looking for unusual props or insights from one of our hosts, the VEASAN Big Game Help Desk is here for you. Submit your questions at VEASAN.com slash Super Bowl, and it could be answered by our experts on air or on VEASAN.com. Jeff, we have a, a Big Game Help Desk. I didn't know that. Is it an actual physical desk? Like, does Dan Burke have a shift? And then, like, he sits behind the desk and he just takes incoming? Or are we talking virtual here? No, I, think we're I, talking I, I, I believe, actually, you have the wrong Burke. I believe it is Adam Burke who is sitting behind oh. the desk the whole time. Uh, that's right. By the way, those two related by any chance? No? I, I think no. there's a lot of Burks in this country, Gil. A lot of Burks, yeah. <laughs> Brooke Burke, for instance. Um I, uh, I, I've, I've just been admonished by Chris, the bear Felica, uh, friend of show, friend of network friend, just in general. Uh, and obviously uh, a regular guest on the network. Uh, he, uh, he said that I failed the public journalistically. And I think he's correct because I did not specifically follow up on the whole Pentagon matter from yesterday. If you recall, Jeff, uh, Jason said that he was going to spend part of his day yesterday its day yesterday calling the Pentagon to uh, get some intel to try to backdoor some intel on this prop that was up about would there be five planes in the flyover 
um, you know, there was an over under prop posted at, at five. So I just, I texted because I was scolded by Felica and, and, and appropriately. So by the way, I texted Jason. I was like, Oh my God, did you end up calling the Pentagon for God's sakes? Because I said yesterday, I'm like, who the hell spends part of their day? First of all, conceiving, Hey, I'm going to call the Pentagon. And then who actually does find the number and says, hello, Pentagon. It's me, Jason. Uh, so Jason tells me that he did not end up calling the Pentagon because apparently, and we might have had something to do with this, they pulled the prop. So there you go. Are you disappointed? I would have loved that story. He's got he's got to call Langley instead now. <laughs> Just call Langley up? How's he, how's he have these numbers? Hey, uh, can, I, can I speak to the uh, department head, please? It's Jason Weingarten, host of the Wide World of Weingarten podcast. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this man has himself a podcast as well. He's got the best golf betting show there ever was, along with his co-hosts, Wes Reynolds and Matt Humans. In studio, it's Brady Cannon. How you doing, Brady? I'm great. How are you, Gil? That's uh, pretty Good. funny about Jason calling the Pentagon. That's, uh, that's uh-huh. digging deep for research on uh, trying to find an edge. There's nothing he won't do, man. Nothing. That's what's that's kind of better as we like on this you show. show me a guy that uh, calls the Pentagon all day, and I'll show you a guy that has a lot of time on his hands. I just love that he was like, seriously, while he's on the air with me, he goes, you know, I planned, because I just randomly, we, I randomly got a text from somebody who had like military intel who was telling us, hey, look, it's max five planes. The only <laughs> bet is the under on it. They don't replace the plane with an additional, you know, they don't go to six. And uh, Jason's like, I had really planned on calling the Pentagon later today. <laughs> That's <laughs> so great <ridiculous>. stuff. <laughs> uh, Super Bowl 56, what did you bet so far? What do you have in the account? Either game, total, or prop? Uh, I have one bet on the side in the total, and, and that'll probably be it for me. I think the rest will be uh, prop bets, and uh, the one bet I have made is a two-team six-point teaser. I tease the Bengals up to 10.5 plus 10.5, and, and I tease the total down to over 42.5. And, a half. and uh, you know, I, I think I should be pretty safe there. I think the Bengals uh, can definitely keep it inside of double digits, and I think the game will fall somewhere between, like, 44 and 49. So I like over 42 and a half. I didn't really want to go the other way with the total, uh, teasing it up to, you know, under 56 and a half or so, uh, because I think there's a chance it could go to overtime. You know, you, you might have a tight game uh, where they score some points. So I, I took it down the other way, but that's, that's the one bet I have on the side and the total probably will be the last bet that I have on the side and the total and the rest will be on uh, the proposition bets. What do you have on props so far? I, I don't have anything yet. Uh, ha- okay. Have some friends coming into town for the weekend, and we'll probably go down and, and fill out our cards. Certainly, ones I'm thinking about. I heard Jason in the last segment talk about Samaj P. Ryan. He is definitely on yep. my radar. Um, I, I did put that one out in. Uh, one of the betting guides that uh, Ben Fox has for VEASAN subscribers and what have you, I put uh, Samaj P. Ryan, uh, I believe it was 11 and a half yards, over 11 and a half yards receiving. Jason also has Eric Weddle for MVP at 300 to 1. That's crazy. Jeff, what did you say at the end of that segment? And a partridge and a pear tree. Yes. <laughs> a partridge yes. and a pear tree, <laughs> Jeff said at the end of that segment. Uh, okay. 
Uh, last week, last couple of weeks, uh, I know Matt Brown, my co-host at uh, Primetime Action, and I know you guys on Long Shots, Brady. Man, you guys have been killing golf. Matt hit both Luke lists two weeks ago, eighty-three to one. He hits Tom Hoagie at sixty to one. How did you do in the uh, Pebble Beach Pro Am this past weekend? Ah, that's great that he hit Luke list. He got me on that one. I had Will Zalatoris and Justin Rose. So, oh, yeah, that close at Torrey Pines, uh, but I did uh, have Tom Hoagie as well last week and so did Wes so the long shots crew is really uh, started out of 2022's gate uh, pretty hot we all had Cameron Smith at Kapalua Matt Humans had Hideki Matsuyama at the Sony and then like I say we came oh so close at Torrey Pines and then Wes and I had Hoagie uh, last week at Pebble so that's three out of the first five weeks of the new calendar year that we've had an outright winner by the way this is where can I just say because you know, on this show, Brady, and I know for a lot of people, a lot of people get really scared because it's a third rail. But on this show for years, I've talked openly. Look, I bet I, I talked openly about not only uh, legalized sports books post PASPA, but even pre PASPA. We talked about betting in Vegas. We talk about offshore on this show. We talk about betting, period, globally. And I will tell you this, man, on golf Sundays, legalized sports books have the offshores destroyed man they are so much better there are some major offshores that will not post in round golf bets on sundays they don't do it first of all they don't do it all you know thursday friday or saturday either but you would hope that and maybe they'll do it in the in the uh in the majors i would imagine they'll do it at the masters and at the u.s open and and you know, PGA and, and, uh, open championships, but like on your, you know, this, these were not meaningless golf tournaments. I mean, this is Torrey Pines and Pebble beach and nothing just silence. And why are and, you just saving it for the majors? What's the right. difference anymore? I don't get it. Golf is really, and you and I talked about this last week. I mean, the way the PGA tour has uh, aligned its schedule to basically not interfere with the NFL is tremendous. And, and maybe yes. baseball could take a note out of that, out of that book. Uh, and so golf has really made it where every few weeks you have a big boy golf tournament. And like you said, Torrey Pines and, and Pebble beach. And then next week we're going to be at Riviera, one of my favorite tournaments of the entire year. Then you go into a world golf championship. Then you have the players championship in March. Then you have the masters. I, I mean, you know, it, it just keeps coming at you. So I, I don't know why they're, uh, you know, saving their larger or wider range of menu for just the major championships, because I think so many, so many more people, especially in the last five years. And I think even more so in just the last couple of years are betting on golf. I, I, first of all, I agree with that. I have long said on this show that the sport most ripe for a sports betting revolution is golf. There is nothing quite as enjoyable. And this coming from a guy who loves betting tennis, there's nothing quite as enjoyable as betting a golf tournament. And I think, you know, the old world sports exchange model, I think it can be treated as a stock market with so many players in a pool that lasts four days. It's unlike any other sport by nature. And so there's so many different ways to, uh, to get it done betting wise. I do have a theory and we'll get to, we'll get to Brady's Phoenix open waste management picks here right after the break. But my theory, and I think I've talked about this with you before, at least once, but the theory has something to do with the fact that when we talk about in-game stuff in other sports and we always give the advice, hey, like you should only bet these during the commercials because otherwise they'll spin you until, you know, they figure out if they have the advantage or you have the advantage, they'll reject or accept bets based on that. 
I think in golf, because of the weird nature of commercial breaks in golf and how there's so many players on the course at the same time, that the books recognize that they don't have the same built-in advantage over you. There's too much going on at once for them to control the environment. Does that make sense? Sure, sure. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right in the sense that there's so many moving parts. It's, I mean, you're not watching one basketball game. There, There's like a number of games going on, right, with the 65-some yeah. players at one time. Uh, so, no, I, I think you're definitely uh, correct in thinking that. And I tell you, locally, William Hill is one of the best books they that has... They do a great job. Yeah. Yes. They, I mean, they'll have live, in-running, changing the odds on the leaderboard, you know, all the way right up until the end, and then, you know, odds spit out for a playoff or anything like that, so that's certainly one of the best ones. And, you know, furthermore, on the idea of uh, the PGA Tour really doing a great job in how it schedules its product, you know, th- this is the greatest pregame show on Sunday in the history of, of pregame. Uh, Game shows, right? Sure you know, you get is. a little appetizer with the final round of the Phoenix Open. And Gil, I think you might also agree, is the greatest sweat in any sports betting arena watching your guy come down the stretch on Sunday uh, when you got a futures ticket on him in golf? I mean, the Hoagie example was great. Him and Spieth just oh, switching awesome. positions there at awesome. the end. Brady's Phoenix Open waste management picks next. Numbers game, Visa, the sports betting network. Gil Alexander on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Join our own Stormy Bonatoni on Friday, this Friday, 6 p.m., for the big game betting and beers event at the South Point Casino here in Las Vegas. Stormy is going to be joined by Chrissy Andrews, Jimmy Vaccaro, Vinny Maliulo. They'll all be there for fun and informative look at betting this year's big game and stories from behind the book about all the action that all three of those guys have seen over the years. And that's a lot of years put together on the bookmaking side. The event is free for everyone over 21. So stop by the South Point on Friday, 6 p.m. for specials on Budweiser. Purchase signed copies of both of Chrissy's books, then one day and then one year, his latest, and learn from all the bookmaking experts. That's with Stormy at 6 p.m at the South Point on Friday. And uh, we at the Primetime Action Crew will be a sand wedge away doing our show in the uh, studio right by the sports book. So uh, come, and uh, Kelly's going to kill me for saying this, but uh, knock on the window, knock on the glass. He loves that. So we look forward to seeing you as well. Uh, we get tweets at beating the book. Always appreciate the uh, feedback. It's Gil Alexander, by the way. Last day of quarantine. They're letting me out. Matthew Mayberry uh, season win totals for baseball are already up. All the category leaders are two on DraftKings. I didn't see the season win totals, Matthew, but you are correct about everything else. Player awards and uh, odds to win divisions and things like that, but not season wins. Uh, Chris Felica, here's uh, the bear. <laughs> Journalistic failure by Gill, not asking Jason if he was able to reach anyone at the Pentagon about flyover info. I resemble that remark. Uh, let's see here. This is from Primetime. Cowboys underscore Cubs one. Any chance Jason's Pentagon guy is the same as Drew Dinsick's Mono Bob guy? Are they related or the same person? It's a good question. Uh, and then finally, uh, from Brad at uh, Spiderweb, S P D R Web with two B's. Gil, thank you for mentioning the name Brooke Burke. You brought up some great mental images during my massive boring day at work. You are welcome, sir. My pleasure. Uh, perhaps the most famous of all Burks, I believe. 
with apologies to both Adam and Daniel Burke. Uh, it's Gil Alexander, Jeff Parlay's in the studio. Brady Cannon, kind enough to join us early uh, today here. You doing the Lombardi line at the top of the hour, Brady? Is that no, what happens? No, 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 no Just Lombardi came in for, for this. I, uh, I am uh, doing the Lombardi line uh, the day, the couple days following uh, the big game coming up. So, okay. Looking cool. forward to that. Well, then I am truly honored, sir, that you came in this morning to do this. Um, hey, we've got a Wednesday thing, man. We do, man. We, we are unbreakable on Wednesdays. So let's talk about it. Let's get right to it. Uh, it is the most raucous of all golf events of the year where the uh, crowd is allowed to go crazy in a way that they aren't really or, or they're expected to go crazy in a way that they aren't really permitted to in other stops on the tour. It's the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Uh, what do you got here from an outright market? Uh, the shortest shot I took was Daniel Berger, uh, and it worried me a little bit to go his direction because he pulled out of Pebble Beach last week with a sore back. But if he's in the field here, I'm guessing he's ready to go, and he's got a tremendous tournament history here. Three top 10 finishes plus an 11th place finish, and he seems to really love putting these greens. Uh, he's great on approach, great on par four scoring, all the stats that I looked at this week. And Gil, it's interesting to note when you're handicapping the Phoenix Open, uh, it is the third most uh, tournament on tour where course history uh, prevails. And Augusta oh. National is number one, and you you know that. I mean, the guys that play well at the Masters seem to yeah. play well there all the time. That's true with Phoenix, too. So you look at, look at guys like Bubba Watson, Phil Mickelson, Daniel Berger. Guys that play well here tend to do that repeatedly, and so I am uh, banking on Daniel Berger at 25 to one. Uh, my next short shot was Sam Burns at 33 to one. Uh, he has good history on all the correlated courses I looked at, which is basically desert tracks like TPC Summerlin, the Summit Club here in Las Vegas, and the American Express down in La Quinta. Uh, 21st on tour on approach, fifth in par four scoring, 21st in scrambling, and seventh in birdie average. Bubba Watson, I mentioned great tournament history here. I got him at 45 to 1. I don't really like anything lower than that, and you may be able to find something a little bit higher. Uh, but I don't know if you saw that, Gil, last week. Harold Varner drains a 92-foot yes. putt in the Amazing. Saudi International. How about that, huh? And and he beat Bubba Watson. So Bubba Watson was right there ready for a playoff. So that tells me that his form is pretty good, and he's got such great course history here. He has five top five finishes, and Phoenix does Bubba Watson. So I took a shot with him. And then Seamus Power at 50-1, to one, uh, really one of the hottest players in the world. World right now had a chance at Pebble Beach last week 61st on approach on tour ninth in par four scoring 34th in scrambling I thought it was a pretty nice price on a guy that's playing so well right now 50 to 1 on Seamus Power and then Taylor Gooch, uh, Taylor Gooch at 66 to 1 basically the same thinking here as Seamus Power another guy that's really playing well right now he also has good scores at some of the uh, correlated courses an 11th place finish at TPC Summerlin and a 5th at the Summit Club and a 4th at the American Express and then finally I landed on one long bomb and our guest on long shots Drew Stoltz uh, who lives down there in the Scottsdale area 
area. He's a host on PGA Tour Radio and the Golf Subpar Podcast with Colt Nost. Uh, I advise people to go listen to what he has to say on the Long Shots Podcast. He really had some great insight, local knowledge about how this golf course is playing and how he thinks uh, players are going to have to attack it this week. Uh, and he mentioned this guy that I landed on, and that was Martin Laird at 175 to 1. Mm-hmm. Martin Laird has won here at TPC Summerlin twice and also finished second. He has a really good history at desert courses, including here uh, at TPC Scottsdale. And what Drew was saying is you're going to have to come in through the air at TPC Scottsdale this week. He said he's never seen the course so firm and the golf balls are going to get very bouncy. So in order to have that ball settle softly on the greens, you're going to have to come in very high on approach and there's a few players in the field that uh, you know hit the ball higher than a lot of other peers on tour and Martin Laird is one of those guys that you know just airmails that ball and tries to get it to land very softly on these greens so I thought 175 to 1 was a pretty wild price that was uh, again my one long bomb not to not to interrupt the flow here, but who Brady and not to put you on the spot, but who might be someone who is known for the opposite, who is not a golfer uh, that has a lot of arc to his shots that that keeps it low, that might have trouble with this course for those who are thinking about making it perhaps miss the cut bet. Well, the one guy that I can think of uh, that comes to mind is Abraham Answer. Uh, he hits a, a lower, more trajectory, boring ball, and and he's also been kind of out of sorts as far as form right. Right now, so he might be one guy that you would take a look at going against. Um, off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody else yeah. right now. A boring him. ball, I like that. A yeah, really boring right. ball. <laughs> uh, what, one other follow-up question because it occurred to me. Uh, you said waste management, Phoenix Open, third most reliable predictive course year after year. Uh, Masters being number one. What was number two on tour? Uh, you know, and I don't know if this is factual, but just in general, the way we see it as far as a pattern, and, and it's probably fact with Augusta National, but the Sony Open at YLA Country Club is one that you see history repeat itself year in and year out. I see. Okay. Any head-to-heads here, Brady? Yeah, I did play two head-to-head matchups. Uh, I took Billy Horschel minus 125 over Max Homa. I just don't feel like this is the course for Max Homa's game. I think he's more of a California player and maybe not so much a desert golf player. Billy Horschel, very good on Bermuda grass greens and playing some pretty darn good golf right now as well. And then I took Sam Burns minus 125 over Tony Finau. I've seen those prices on both Horschel and Burns uh, go up. So if you can find a 125, uh, that's uh, really good. Uh, Tony Finau has been a little bit out of sorts for a while right now, too. So And Sam Burns, definitely one of the hotter players on tour. So I took Burns at a shorter price over Tony Finau. I see Kepka on this list. Do you trust Brooks Kepka at this moment? Does he care? Well, you know, he's either feast or famine at this golf tournament. He's won it twice, and then he's finished, you know, 40-something a couple times. And and I did take a hard look at Brooks Kepka, but you, you use the word trust. I, I don't know who's going to show up this week. 
You know, I, I heard you talking to Jason Weingarten about the Masters. Um, you know, I, I was looking at Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka this week for possible Masters futures. It, it's hard to not have those two guys on your card. And our guest last week before Pebble Beach, Alan Shipnuck, uh, go back and listen to that one. He had some very interesting comments about Dustin Johnson at the Masters. So, uh, yeah, I haven't uh, fired on those two guys just yet. I do have a couple of other guys in pocket for the Masters, Gil, if you want to talk about that. Yeah. We got 30 seconds. Who you got? I got Jason Day. He is not in the field yet. Me too. That's the only bet I've made so far. Did you get him at 125 to 1? I did not. Not even close. Uh, I have him. Half And uh, then I got Cameron Smith. I bet him before he won at Kapalua at uh, 40 to 1. So a couple of Aussies, Cam Smith and Jason Day. Yeah, Jason Day. We hope he gets in there and... uh... I could see him having quite the performance, like just cut to Sunday. You could see him in contention for sure. We got to get him Uh, into the field, and I think he will get there. Yeah, got to get him in the field first. Brady, love you for being there. I appreciate it, man. We all look forward to long shots. You bet. Thank you, Gil. Brady Cannon, everybody, uh, at Las Vegas Golfer on Twitter as well. Michael Lombardi next. Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. a $10 Moneyline wager on Pro Football's final game. If either team scores a touchdown, you'll win $200 in free bets regardless of your wager's outcome. Just use code SB200. That's code SB200 when you make your first bet. You'll also earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for room nights and dining at MGM Resorts nationwide. Only at BetMGM, eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Skill Alexander, ladies and gentlemen, he has worked with most of the NFL greats of our generation, including Bill Walsh, Bill Barcells, Bill Belichick, Al Davis. Uh, his book is Gridiron Genius. The name of the podcast is GM Shuffle. He, of course, is the host of the Lombardi line, working on a new book about the NFL Hall of Fame, I'm told. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Michael Lombardi. How you doing, Michael? 
I am doing great, Gil. Thank you. Hope you're feeling better, Gil. You look good. You. you look like uh, you're, you're getting in shape over there. I mean, it's remarkable. <laughs> well done. Uh, you know, a little uh, a little COVID. They, they let me out tomorrow. Quarantine ends. Let's go, baby. Uh, was I right about the Hall of Fame? Yeah, book, good for you. Way? Is that what you're working on? Yeah. Yeah, no, it is a book about the Hall of Fame, trying to kind of sort through some of the, uh, the the players that have kind of been missing, sorting through the coaches, sorting through some of the assistant coaches, the impact, kind of trying to explain trades. It's kind of a, a litany of a different variable subjects, but ultimately it'll end up with the top 10, the top 100 players in the game, the top 10 players in the game, and ultimately I think the top players, the top 10 players who, who have dramatically influenced the value of these franchises, which I think is often over looked. I think the players don't see that. You know, they, they, well, the owners take all the risks. They really don't. I mean, you need the money to buy a team, but the reality of it is is you're guaranteed to make a profit every year in the NFL because of the TV contract. And the value of these franchises, I mean, the Denver Broncos are going to sell for probably over $4 billion, and these values continue to go up, and there's certain players that have enhanced that value, and they certainly should, should I'm not saying they should profit share, but they should be more than just their pay stub. Can you get Joe Jacoby in the Hall of Fame once and for all for us, all of those who grew up on the Washington football team, Michael? You know, it's an interesting one. I mean, Tony Baselli's not in yet. They say he doesn't have enough years. Uh, I, I think that uh, when you look at it, uh, you know, Jacoby was – and I've researched a lot of these players and have watched tape on all of them, and that's one of the conversations that I write about in the book is who – and I picked five players that I think should immediately uh, go not, – not pass go, don't collect $200, just put themselves in the Hall of Fame. Cecil Isbell, for example, uh, the halfback of the Green Bay Packers, was all was the only is the only – all-decade quarterback who isn't in the Hall of Fame, and he truly was a Hall of Fame wow. player. Artie Hammer, the quarterback who's in the Hall of Fame, uh, he was traded to the New York Football Giants because Cecil Isbell was so good. So, you know, there's a lot of those conversations, and Jacoby certainly is in that. And I think that, you know, he deserves to be mentioned and where he fits. I think part of the biggest problem with the Hall of Fame, Gil, is there's no criteria. There's right. no criteria of acceptance. You know, and so this, therefore, we're now entering an era of receivers who have abundance of catches that are just going to start getting in because they have all these catches. When in reality, Del Schaffner, who's one of the best receivers that ever played football for the New York Football Giants back in the 60s, made all-decade team. He's not in the Hall of Fame. Tommy McDonald is. He played during the same era. Schaffner averaged 6.4 catches every touchdown. You know, some guys average 13 that are in the Hall of Fame. So it's that conversation that I think will resonate with fans and try to bring some kind of light on the situation that we, we have with the Hall of Fame because we have no acceptance, we have no standards, we have no criteria. I, I look forward to it. I didn't want to make the whole segment about your book, but last thing about this, since you brought up the thing about receptions, I, if I were to make a request, and I know you're not soliciting requests for your book, but just one sentence, one uh, one reference to the great four-and-a-half-minute, which, by the way, is an eternity, a four-and-a-half-minute standing ovation that all of us gave James Arthur Monk when he was finally inducted to the Hall of Fame after being snubbed for nine years because he ended up retiring with the most catches in the history of the National Football League, and they kept him out for that long. So just one, just four-and-a-half-minute standing ovation. It was the most amazing thing you'll ever see. It was the big sort of middle finger to the establishment by an entire city of football fans. 
It's an injustice. Yeah, I mean, look, there's, there's, well, there, the Sta- Stanley Morgan's an adjustment and injustice. Stanley Morgan is one of the few receivers in the National Football League who had a better five-year opening career than Randy Moss. Averaged over 20 yards a catch. He can't yeah. get a sniff. He averaged over 22 yards a catch his first five. He can't even get mentioned. You know, as I mentioned, Del Schopter was on the all-decade team. He can't get mentioned. Monk was on the all-decade team. I think there's something to that. You, you know, these Pro Bowl votes, I mean, we saw the Pro Bowl this week. The Pro Bowl's a, 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 an absolute joke. I mean, joke. anybody who says Pro Bowl vote, it's a joke. I mean, you could have it on your resume, but it doesn't mean you're a Pro Bowl player. Whereas back in those days, sometimes it did. Now, in the 60s, when they were hosting in Los Angeles, they were trying to put a lot of Rams in there to get people to come see the game. Super Bowl 56, Michael, for those who have not heard your sort of macro opinion on the game, how would you bet this? I would bet this. I like the Rams. I think the I think the number's too light. I know it's only, it went, opened up at three and a half. It went. I thought it was light when it opened. I think it's light at four and a half. I think the Rams are. I think this will be of the last two teams the Rams played. I think this will be the team that 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 would be ranked third in those groupings. Now look, I'm not being I'm not being dismissive of the Bengals, and they deserve to be here. But when you peel back the layers and you realize they've scored 70 points in the postseason, 40 of those have came from their kicker. I mean, it's somewhat amazing. He is truly their yeah. MVP. Burrow has been good. He, you know, their defense has been able to eliminate the big play. They still give up up 5.9 yards of carry. And they've been very fortunate in the terms of how they've been able to protect the football, Burrow getting sacked nine times, and their ability to win these close games because of this kicker. So I think it's going to be a little different game. I think the Rams are going to come out and run the football because if they try to play cover two against them, I think they will really run the ball effectively. I think the Rams will slow the game down. These two teams, Gil, have controlled the football in the playoffs. That's the advantage the Bengals have had. They've controlled the ball for 34 minutes in the playoffs. The Rams have controlled it for 35 minutes. So their defenses have played less defense. I think the Rams will be able to get control of the game early. I think Burrow will be watching more than he'll be playing because I think the Rams will have it 36 minutes. Yeah, I mean, the, the the point about McPherson can't be overstated. He's 12 for 12 in field goals in the postseason. Just by comparison, Robbie Gould's entire regular season, Robbie Gould's entire regular season, he was 20 of 23. So, I mean, it's just been an unbelievable run for Evan McPherson uh, and the Bengals. And, and three of those are outside of 50. Yes. I mean, when he went to kick yes. the 50-some-yarder against Tennessee right before the half, I thought, you know, this is not a smart move here, Zach. If you miss this, they're going to get the ball and score on you. The kid drilled it. So you can't – I mean, the one thing is he has put points on the board. And, you know, and that's been – when their margin of victory is only 11 points, I think they've scored 70 and given up 59. Those points, <laughs> that's why they're winning close games. Michael, you're, in your opinion – the best, I asked this of uh, Frank Schwab earlier, but I'll ask this of you as someone who has uh, been in front offices. Your favorite coaching hire, head coaching hire thus far, and your least favorite coaching hire thus far? It's hard for me because I have a personal relationship with Josh McDaniels, and I love Josh. And, I, and Josh has, has been uh, part of my family for years. I mean, when he got fired in Denver, we spent a week together uh, going over everything. And so I've seen Josh change as a person. I've seen Josh change as a coach. I've watched Josh. I've talked football with Josh repeatedly since then, and I have just tremendous respect for him. So personally, I think that's a home run for the Raiders, and I wish him nothing but the best. And I love Dave Ziegler, too. I 
worked with in, in New England. You know, the, the other ones, the, the Eberflus one was a little confusing to me because when you watch the, the, the Colts defense, especially down the stretch, they never got control of the game against a bad Jacksonville team and against a Raider team that was on really life support at that point. So that one was a little confusing to me. Was he the best defensive coach in all of football and deserving of a head coaching job? I didn't feel that. But, look, I think all these guys are inexperienced. There's not very many that are coming in. Lovey has experience. Josh has a little bit. But all of them are going to be learning on the job. Did you end up making any prop bets, Michael? Do you dabble in props at all? Do you have a favorite one? I I mean, I like the Rams. I, if I could get a Rams rushing total of over so many yards without having to bet a specific back, I would like that a lot because I think the Rams are going to run the football here. And even you though they've only averaged 2.9 yards a carry in the playoff, I think they're going to run the ball. I think McVay is going to get control of this game. I think he's going to be able – they're not going to rush the passer on him. And I think he's going to keep his defense standing next to him. Michael, we got to run. But where, do, where does Michael Lombardi watch a Super Bowl? At his home? At his homestead? Or are you with big wigs watching? What do you do? Uh, I, you know, I could be at the Borgata, and I could be over the great Bill Berman's house. I'm not sure what I have to do for Visa <laughs> and my responsibilities. So I'm in limbo. You know, I'm like, you know, okay. I, I, I'm in the bullpen. They just tell me when to throw. You know, I think that's ultimately <laughs> what it is. All right. Michael Lombardi line, top of the hour. We'll all be listening. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Gil. Get better. Thank you, sir. Michael Lombardi, everybody. Top of the hour. The Lombardi line next right here at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Enjoy. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.